Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits? The Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> All right, welcome back once again to the Saturday Night Freak Show. I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by a bunch of freaks, including Brent. This is Travis. This is so crazy. This is Brandon. And tonight we had uh, Travis unleash the film upon us. What was it? Tonight we watched. Uh, what did we watch? We watched. Uh, <laughs> I always because uh, it's a take on it's it's dis- deconstructing Harry, which is a take on disregarding Henry, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I always get it, whenever I yeah whenever I'm thinking about it, it's like I love this movie. Wait, but regarding Henry, that's what I was gonna Henry. say. I get it confused with uh, regarding Henry, the one with or is uh, it regarding Harrison disregarding Ford. regarding regarding Henry <laughs> with Harrison Ford? Yeah. Okay. Is that regarding? That's yeah. regarding. I thought it was disregarding. I've never seen it. I've never seen that movie. I'm just <laughs> I just always get the titles mixed up for some reason. Yeah, so do I. So anyway, so yeah, so we watched <laughs> deconstructing <laughs> Harry, which is a Woody Allen movie from 1997. And is it about uh, the character's name is Harry Block, and he is a writer that just wrote a book that kind of reveals like every dark secret he actually had, but kind of like he thinly, uh, thinly uh, masks the characters or the actual people involved, and uh, you know it's kind of coming back to bite him in the ass, and and uh, I mean it's kind of a weird movie because it's a lot of short stories that are thrown into one. You know, you're kind of getting. A quick sum up of this guy's life, but through fictional stories he wrote, and then you get kind of the the uh, realistic uh, after effects from his ex wife. He's got like three ex wives, you know, a classic Woody Allen, where he's got three ex wives. He's got you know the student uh, affair. He you know it's got all yeah. the Woody Allen mixins. If and you don't, all that blurs in together too, which is can be kind of. That was my first time seeing it. it was, that was a little bit confusing at set points too. Not to mention the, the, the camera cutting off a lot, how it does. Yeah. Which the, I like that the aspect fractured, of it too. Yeah. Uh, editing kind of that they did, yeah. Yeah, which he is a, he's a drinker pop, uh, pill popper. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how uh, later when the guy's like, okay, uh, Woody Allen's going to be, uh, or Harry Block, whatever you want to call him, is going to get uh, honored by a school that, that kicked him out. And he asks the character in the movie if he wants to go. And the guy's like, oh, I can't. I got this to do tomorrow. And then when they're leaving, the guy shows up. He's like, what are you talking about? We talked last night on the phone. You know, I thought, whatever. Because yeah. he's just a pill popper and a drinker. So, yeah, I like how that editing, you kind of get that. Or after a while, yeah. You know, at first you're kind of like, this is a weird editing choice. You know what? Well, just right off the bat when they were, the, during the opening credits, there's a yeah. scene of a woman getting out of a taxi that's done like, uh, just repeated like five or six times. Yeah. That's, like, what the? that's really frustrating because you don't know that style yet. And you don't know what it's about, why they're doing it. And there's like, they're also showing you the opening credits at the same time. And each time, like, I thought that was it's, well, it is, I think the second time you see it, but the first time, like, I'm like, ah, oh, what's going on? Just get to that door. Yeah, yeah. You feel like yeah. her. You feel yeah. like her, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, because I'd seen it once before a long time ago, but I'd forgotten how, like, uh, a, how much of a fragmented narrative it was that, you know, I wouldn't call it like an anthology story or anthology movie, but it's like, you know, it is really uh, uh, distinct in the way that, you know, all the characters are telling stories about, like, these things that happened before, and then they're, you know, uh, actually acted out, and then, you know, the... Uh, 
Yeah, because sometimes he'll mix two characters into one character in the story, so you'll right. get like both sides from yeah. the, the real character in the real world. I didn't really have a problem yeah. like keeping that straight too much. There was a couple times I'm like, wait, now who's this? Oh, that's Christy Alley's character when she's younger, you know, the the book version or whatever. But yeah, I didn't the understand that they were mixing the his sister and Christy Alley's character at first, like in his novel or whatever. Right. Like, I, I didn't understand that. I'm like, she didn't seem like that, like much of an orthodox. <laughs> right. Like when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I think. I, well, I think he's talking about her husband. And that's what he's kind of using, like the fact that that his in in reality his sister got kind of re uh, reintroduced to religion through her husband, and so yeah, he kind of yeah. uses his frustration uh, about that through in this story where he's actually talking about a therapist ex wife of his, but at the same time he uses just the Jewishness of. Uh, what his sister's husband is. <laughs> yeah! I'm telling you, this is, it's worth a movie. I mean, this is how you make a movie. This is dialogue. Is and Jewishness a technical term? I, I, it is now. <laughs> but, that, I mean, that is classic Woody Allen, though, right? Because I, I haven't, I've only seen a handful of his films, but the ones I have seen have all been kind of this, you know, non-linear story structure where even characters you're trying to figure out who's who and they're both playing the you know actors are playing different character or the same character within you know this this story and that's I, I don't know I mean has he ever does he ever do like just straight like narrative well, oh, yeah. I'd actually say most of his movies are straight narrative okay. yeah because I don't actually remember any others that had like characters what's, mixing. What's the one with Will Ferrell? The the t- there's two female actors playing one character. Oh, I can't think of it. It's gonna be a Captain Google. We'll have to look it's it up Will later. Will Ferrell. It's... See, I actually this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, as much I mean, Woody Allen's my favorite filmmaker. I love him of all time, man. The guy's just the man. You know, he's what made me go from horror movies and superhero movies just to movies. You know, he's the guy that showed me like, oh man, you can, you know, you can. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't even know how to put it. I mean, the the guy, he had they're dramatic movies, but he also has like a real like a sense of fantasy in all his movies. Where yes, they're yeah, not. It's not so much of a hardcore reality. You know, he'll be walking down the street monologuing to the audience basically, and he'll stop a a random character and ask him a question, and they'll kind of you know have an in, intelligent response to him. You know, so all his movies have had an air of fantasy, no matter what. But I like—that's what I like about him. I like how he can—he can talk about real things, but he's not afraid to make his movie. I mean, I call it a little lighthearted because he does come from comedy. You know, I think it does make it a little lighthearted. It doesn't feel like such a droning. Because I mean, oh my god, like interiors—he does have his real serious movies that I actually don't care for. His super serious movies, I just don't. But I don't really care for serious movies anyway. I like I like it when you could do something serious, but with a little bit of fun in a weird, unique way. To did you come up with those? No, I didn't recognize which one it was. I'll take a look. Which uh, well, like what's his super serious films? Interiors. There is uh, September. There is um, Hannah and her sisters. That's probably my that, favorite one. Oscar for that one, right? Uh, best picture or best? I'm not best sure. I, well, he won best picture for Annie Hall in '76. Right, yeah, seen that one. He's been nominated so many yeah. times. I mean, the guy's just you know he knocks him dead every time. He's been making a film a year since 1972. Yeah, a well, film all, a like, year. They're all very uh, 
it seems like everything that he does is very i mean uh it doesn't take a lot to produce them you know no they're very uh character you know centric i mean the only thing i can think is like you know even when i was watching this <clears throat> it almost strikes me that woody allen is like the if he wasn't in, starring in his own movies like you would put jack lemon in that part like that's something that like billy wilder or something would do with like the apartment or the days of wine and roses or something like that you know i mean it's like what do we got here melinda and melinda is that the well, movie you're talking about? So. That's the one. See, yeah. that's when I got I, like I got out of Woody Allen almost like in '99. As soon as he did all that Scarlett Johansson stuff, Match Point, Scoop, and yeah, and I don't pay I, attention to modern Woody Allen like whatsoever. They really yeah. got lame, except for his new, uh, his last one to Rome. Well, everybody raved about Midnight in Paris from like two years ago because <laughs> wasn't that nominated or won something for the Oscars? It was nominated, right? It was up for Best Picture, and I want to say maybe uh, Best Actor. Was that? Scott Wilson, who was in not Scott Owen Wilson. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Wilson, yeah, um, maybe maybe it was a uh, screenwriting. But even though it was like widely like receptive, I kind of like I don't know. I just didn't have that Woody Allen magic to me. But then uh, he came out with To Rome with Love last year, and that movie is a great movie. It's another one of these. Even though they're it's a reality taking place in this world, they separate into like four stories. Everybody has kind of their own adventure, and I mean to see you ha- you have to see to Rome with love. It's a great movie. And then, uh, this weekend, which uh, to you the listener will be last weekend, uh, <laughs> so it'll be too late. He has a new movie. No, well, oh okay. It's if you don't live in a city, it's already too late. It's not going to get to you <laughs> until it comes to video because yeah, he's like an urban centric like people outside of cities for some reason don't like him. Yeah, Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine, yeah, it's his new one. And I've already heard a, uh, a critic say it's the best movie, it's so far the best movie of the year, you know, so. Well, there's a, he seems to have like a, uh, you know, there's a cachet of fervent admirers that, I, you know, I mean, it can't be just people who, you know, have been watching his films for, you know, what are we talking about, like 30, 40 years now. Yeah. I mean, he has to get new fans, but... At the same time, it's like, you know, at uh, the other day at the office, I was just asking around, and, like, nobody that I was talking to had any recollection of ever seeing a Woody Allen film. So it's like, he, you know, he still has a, a devoted fan base, obviously, that he's able to make films, get them financed. You know, he can get any actor, it seems, that he wants because he's, you know, a li- living legend at this point. But it's like, who, you know, how does he... I don't how- know, because, like, even what you're saying about, like, you know... uh uh, how does he get new fans? You also got to, uh, or you said at the office, nobody knows. Because, well, I mean, think about, you know, of course he had his, his little public media fiasco, like whatever, 20 years ago, and that just automatically, you know, he was like the Michael Jackson before Michael Jackson, you know, he was the. Well, it was Roman Polanski before him. Well, Roman, yeah. actually, that's Yeah, Roman one. Polanski. But Roman Polanski was like, I don't know, to me, it wasn't that, that was like way more adolescent, way yeah, more yeah. like, that was like, what the. Yeah. But, you know, it's strange, actually, when I was watching, I saw, I don't know if it was the last Roman Polanski movie, but it was called Carnage, and it was based on a play, and it all took place in this uh, New York apartment. Um, But it felt, I mean, because it was so dialogue-heavy, I mean, it felt similar to uh, Deconstructing Harry. It was like that kind of rhythm, and and like all of Woody Allen films, I guess, that he that he does all kind of have that, you know. Yeah, you, you feel like the actors are in a play. It's, it feels like a stage performance, but it's on film, at least to me. Well, for like, sure, because it even sets the camera up like like old directors that only did go to, you know, that went from stage to film. You know, that guy, he makes his, like, his set markings 
and you walk around the set and you hit your set markings, you pick up glasses and you, you know, you keep busy and yeah. you know, that's, yeah. I've always loved, that's one thing I do like about it. Nowadays you go see a movie, you know, it's like, why go see an IMAX movie when you're just going to see someone's big fucking face, you know, the, the, it's yeah. framed just from the neck to the top of the hair, you know, yeah. it's just like, okay, well, but, well. and even that said, um, it's still like he doesn't just set the camera down and leave it the camera's always you know kind of panning back and forth yeah, and there's a lot of stuff in the, yeah there's things in the foreground that he plays off of like big columns to separate characters and stuff it's it's definitely it well like look through out. windows and like yeah. look through the rainy window mm-hmm. <laughs> right. point earlier is i don't think anybody's discovering any modern woody allen viewer i don't think he's discovering anything off of his new films I mean, I can. When I was in college, you know, the first Woody Allen movie I ever saw was Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of it's just best yeah, picture. It's, it's yeah. on the AFI list. Yeah, you know? I think that's why. And I think that's you where know? you go from. Yeah. I mean, no one's gonna be like, "What's this new movie? Who's this guy? Woody Allen? What else has he done?" Yeah. Like, I think it's the opposite. <laughs> but way. that's the Everybody's... thing. I mean, then wouldn't his audience be like a decline? You know, always diminishing returns over time. Is like you know, if you you know, you, there has to be new, uh, new devotees to his uh, you know to his films. But it's like where, unless it is like. I think like, they keep starting from the beginning. And they might be city people, like I said. We, you know, we're you know broadcasting out of the Midwest of America, <laughs> and you know maybe just like. It, ur- it, it depends on where you go. If, you know, if I went to Stillman Valley and asked how many people in that town seen a Woody Allen movie, you know. <laughs> but you know, but I went to a, you know a liberal, art, liberal arts college and yeah, yeah, you know that was you know, but now, the norm, I guess. I guess is are like so the Annie Hall lovers are they or Travis says Call no me an Annie Hall lover well <laughs> if, if you're so you're saying that you don't see his newer stuff so how like I see every do, film he does okay so maybe you're just, I just I just for some reason I've been out of touch with him you know it's like I mean if you if you're a filmmaker or a musician for forty years. and you're gonna tell me every single everything you do is perfect you know that's bullshit then. Then you're just a pretentious fan that just wants to love everything that your favorite guy likes, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not afraid to be like, fuck that, you know. That was, you <laughs> know, didn't get me. Right. A, a fan is a fan. You can't, you know. This Woody Allen. I, I consider myself a, a Woody Allen fan, not a fanatic. But there's definitely movies I do not like for right. sure. Yeah, and you gotta, you, like I said, I think it's it's healthier for you to admit. Because I hate it when a dude's like, no, that fucking was a great Batman movie. It's like, fucking no, it wasn't. You know, you know it wasn't. You know, quit lying to yourself just because you saw a dude with ears on. You know I mean? A lot of people just want to love what they love because, you know, that's what they got. And Like the Beatles. The that's Beatles, it, yeah. Straight up, everybody loves it. <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves it. Why? Because they told you to. Exactly. I think he's you a shitty song. Done. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> you can contact Brandon at now. <laughs> So, you know, but like I said, he's starting to come back into his game almost. Like, you know, he found something to say, even though he always has something to say, I guess, you know. Well, I saw something on him where apparently, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, that this is what also I think makes him unique amongst American filmmakers or in a select group. But he's, I don't think he has ever directed, you'll have to help me out with this, if he's ever directed material that was written by somebody else or written for him. He, uh, he's acted in other people's yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's acted in other but people's But I don't think he's ever directed anything that he didn't, he didn't write. And he's, uh, you know, he's a very, you know, verbose writer. He's a, you know, he writes in volume. I mean, obviously, if you're coming out with a movie, like, every single, you know, year, 
he's got notes all over the place for potential projects. So he's got, you know, a writer's mind. I mean, there's other people who can write when it's like time for them to make a movie. And then there's like people who just have to write anyway. I mean, he's a writer well, for, I think, almost first. Well, for the people that don't know anything about Woody Allen, he, you know, he was a comedian way before he started making movies. He started writing jokes for uh, the Ed Sullivan show when he was 15. You know, yeah, he's, he was selling jokes at 15. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, he's always been a writer. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess he was just so popular at a time when he did, uh, I'm trying to think what his first movie was. If it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't Bananas. I, I want to say that was like his third oh, movie. Oh, there was like Sleeper Take the Money and Run. And, yeah, you're talking back in, yeah. Back, it's in, like the, back in like 72 when he really first started. And What's Up, Tiger Lily. and Yeah, but back in those days when he was only doing comedy... I mean, they were kind of throwing money at him. You know, he could, like, make a movie. Nobody had... Because he was a comedian. He was Mm -hmm. making purely funny movies. But then, yeah, like... And he's like, well, I want to... You know, he he, since he was kind of a control freak, he's like, well, I want to make sure I can direct my own movies. So then he started really researching, like, a lot of the, like, Fellinis and whomevers, you know. And that's when he really started actually getting into film. So, I mean, if you start Woody Allen from 1970, I want to say Take the Money and Run is his first movie, and then it goes Sleeper, and then Bananas, and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, you can, like, really see his progress as a filmmaker. He he even almost narrates to the fan, uh, like, how he feels about his own career and his own movies. Because, I mean, you go, you go with all these comedies, and you get to a movie called Stardust Memories... And the movie is about a comedic filmmaker that starts doing serious films and everybody starts fucking ragging on him. And he's like, Jesus Christ, you know why? You know, just because I was funny doesn't mean I can't be good at this as well and, you know, mix it up. Because I think all, I mean, I think all his movies are funny, you know, funny dialogue, even if they're little quick one-liners here or, or something the actor does. And like you said, the actors act really theatrical. You know, I think that could be funny in itself. And, you know, I don't think he ever took comedy out of his movies except for, like, say, the four or five serious, really serious movies he does have. Well, that's actually, you bring up an interesting point. I guess, in my mind, thinking about Woody Allen and his screen persona, I mean, I don't know what the guy's like yeah, in right? real life. But, I mean, he plays that character, which is always like a super neurotic uh, New Yorker, you know, who's uh, extremely selfish and uh, narcissistic. You know, I mean, like, it seems like in all the movies that I've seen him, all of his movies that I've seen him in. And so, you know, it becomes even, while I was watching this movie, I'm like, you know, this guy, it's... It's in some ways a really. It seems like if if that is based on like it's a thinly veiled version of his own you know persona, then that seems really brave that he's. I mean, you could you could you know analyze this guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. by watching all of his movies probably and like building a psychological profile of him. I mean, it's a very like you know Absolutely. exposed you know way to like you know work through some of your issues by putting them in these movies, you know? Yeah, I, I think the best, one of the best lines in this film is when uh, when he's up at the college and that, or the school that he got kicked out of, he got expelled from, and he's up there now, you know, to give this speech, and he's getting, like, an honorary degree or something. But the he's with this team of professors or whatever, and one of the ladies, she says, you know, what's so great about your stories is they seem so sad, but they're actually happy. They're happy stories. You just have to find the happiness. Like you have to look, you know, within the story to find the happiness. And when you watch this movie, that's really what's going on. 
he he's sure there's like times where he's ruining all these people's lives but like they go off and like are happier you know like specifically his sister and Elizabeth Shue obviously like she ends up with with who I assume that she's she's in love with Billy Crystal Larry, but, Larry <laughs> thank you but uh you know it's from his selfish point of view that he thinks because they're not living their life the way that he wants them to that they're you know sad or upset or why why don't you stay with me because if you love me then you know then he'll be good but he doesn't see that like their true happiness is what they're out for too i i think uh, i don't know if that makes sense well yeah i think okay like what almost all woody allen movies about are like really like two things it's about it's about having to make a choice and in making that choice you know you're going to cut off this other thing that you've either invested time in or whatever and then when you make that choice you either want to go back on your decision or, you know, it's all about having to make that tough choice. Like, uh, you know, I'm not happy for the moment. I, you know, I, you know, I feel like cheating. You do, you go out and cheat, whatever. And you, you fall in love with the girl, you leave your wife or whatever. But then after a while you realize ah, this was just an exciting fling to get away from this monotonous, uh, thing I had and you know so it's always about making these like choices that are gonna direct you in one way or another then it's also uh, he talks a lot about faith a lot about I mean most of his movies it's funny he'll have one movie where the character will say he is an atheist but then in the same movie he still kind of questions God it's like he is like he himself is, is he's just not sure of anything in his life and I think like the, the way I think of Woody Allen is he's an intellectual Charlie Brown <laughs> he is a he, he is he's he is a character, and, and that's why we feel so real about like we th- like because I doubt this is his character. He's been a comedian for years, as a com- like Jerry Lewis. You think Jerry Lewis is a lady? You know, I mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Com- they create a, uh, and he's like a raw nerve. Everything is just oh, oh I got these problems. Uh, well, it's funny. Even geez. I saw you remember the, the kids movie Ants. He basically plays that, you know, the Woody yeah. Allen persona. It's like, you know, yeah. we want you to be, you know, Woody Allen. He's like, oh, okay. This is so crazy. I don't believe this. It's just the the things that he chooses to dwell on specifically in this movie, you know, like perversions of and drugs and alcoholism. You know, like that stuff is stuff that, sure, it happens in everyday life, but people aren't so open and honest to well, talk about it. But he's also a comedian from the 70s where if you look at any, like, you know, look at look at All in the Family, I mean, people talked more openly about sex and about, I mean, that's when it was, for the first time, you can get on screen and be like, fucking, you know, pussy, and, you know, you can talk about whatever you want, you, you can talk about how you feel. And I think yeah. comedians, I mean, most of those guys went away by the end of the 70s or the 80s, but he kind of kept going just in different mediums, but he's always kind of kept his sexual, you know, sex is just one of those things that, He's always talked about, you know, the good of it, the bad of it, the, right. you know. Uh, has And, you know, it's always going to have an appeal as a dramatic, you know, device because it's, uh, you know, it's a, you know, core human. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, everybody wants to, you yeah. know, need yeah. or, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you, I think you, in your small little rant there, picked out the perfect um, summary of most Woody Allen movies I've seen is living in the moment and then regretting it. Just yeah, as one small sentence, 
that's that's it. Living that, in the moment and then regretting it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that is life. You know, life is a series yeah. of fucking decisions. You make the wrong one. Oh my god, I cut. You know, I was so in love with that chick. Now she'll never have anything to do with me. I got to remember that I lost that because of this fucking mistake I made. You know, which at the time I thought was a good idea. And, and you you have to be super neurotic and selfish in order to like regret it for the rest of your life and not just let it go. You know, be, be just the fact to not that be like, well, I made that decision, so damn. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, it's always yeah. struggling with it. That's why I think he's like a Charlie Brown. He's that guy that you know he's not afraid to be the the character is the I'm a worthless loser. I fuck up all the time. I always make the mistakes. I'm a blockhead. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and it makes yeah. you feel a little better about yourself watching the movie. <laughs> you know, you kind of. You know, I've always, I've got, I've got two heroes in life, Superman and Woody Allen, you know, the fucking yin and yang of the universe, you know, the... Well, yeah, I like it in this movie, in the beginning, uh, she pulls a gun on him, it's her, uh, her ex, his ex-lover, who, like, right away, you know, we see the scene where the, it's from... His ex-wife's sister, his ex- that he had an affair with. Yes. His... Saying ex-lover, there's like nine of them. Yeah, <laughs> they're all ex-lovers. Yeah. You really do need, like, a pie chart to watch this movie. <laughs> Which is true, how many how many divorces and marriages do you guys all have out there? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, zero. So well, I, well out, out, out there. Oh, out I'm there. sorry, I thought you were... This asking. is here, that's there. <laughs> yeah, write to us, tell us about it. Um, don't. We don't want to hear it. The, but there's a scene in the movie where she's pointing a gun at Woody Allen, and he says, "Don't." he's basically explaining why she shouldn't kill him is because his life sucks, which is, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, most people... I'm suffering already, you don't need to yeah. kill me. Oh, geez, you're going to shoot me? Well, my life already fucking sucks. There's this, 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 and this, you know, and that's like his defense, which is really funny. Um, Most people, you know, in that situation, they would think about everything they had to live for, but he's going the opposite way, you know. It's just... Well, that's why I love the ending when, okay, he, that guy that, uh, that he uh, brings with him to be honored at his school, when he, uh, he dies in the backseat of a heart attack, and, uh, well, he also kidnapped his son to bring to the... <laughs> and brings a hooker along named Cookie. Yeah, Cookie. Bob Balaban's the guy who he brings along in there. That's what yeah, I like. It's like, yeah, he's selfish or whatever. He's really open about it. He's honest about it, like 100%, right? right? <laughs> and I, I, I love how Cookie is like a, a strong voice of reason in this movie. Yeah, yeah right? Really legitimate things to say. because she's <laughs> on it. She's an yeah. honest person, you know? She, yeah, she may be a whore. She may be whatever, but that's someone you can trust. They always say that someone that curses, you can trust more than someone that keeps it clean because you, that someone that's cursing, they don't have the, the filter to hold back the truth or what's on their mind. You know, you could trust that more than a polite person. <laughs> yeah. That's they're a good not tailoring. That's a good they're not editing for an audience. Yeah. They're not editing for, Oh, yeah. and just the idea that, you know, he's totally cool with bringing cookie up to yeah. this, you know, college to get this honorary degree with like, these like, people. Well, he just to wants impress. to share it with somebody, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> funny that he's trying to share it with just somebody and, you know, it, you know, he brings her along and then all of the, you know, he ends up going up there with a whole cadre of people. <laughs> yeah. Was, think, he thought he, he wasn't going to be going up by himself. You think maybe a theme of was him put himself him putting himself in a worse situation than he could be because I feel like he makes these decisions to right yeah like he does, that's why he doesn't care that he brings a hooker with him that's why he doesn't care he lives in a shithole apartment yeah he does it on purpose it almost 
uh, almost as a person. Well, well, yeah, because well, in the movie he does say he, you know, he's just horrible at life. He makes all the bad decisions, or whatever. The only thing he can do is write good. You know, that's it. Everybody that's loves his point. writing, and they fall in love with him because he's a good writer. But then they find out he's a piece of shit person. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave myself in this predicament so I can keep writing good. I guess. I think that's how, <laughs> yeah, that he's conscious of that fact. As a character, is conscious of that fact as well. Or maybe it's, that is just. I mean, because okay, <laughs> the reason I love this movie is because like. You know, me being a movie fan, I don't know how many times I've questioned my lifestyle, you know? Like, I mean, okay, when he's in love with Elizabeth Shue, which is a pupil, which is another, like, ongoing theme of his movies, which being a a comedian and film star... You know, women flock to right, power. Right, you know, right. it's not necessarily a ah, little girl. It's and there's a there's a hot young woman seeking power, going after it. So what are you gonna you know, man bites right? So, <laughs> so uh, shit, I kind of lost my fucking train of thought. Well, uh, just going back to Brandon's point real quick, which I think you were touching on, but uh, the the whole like I was thinking about that during their trip up to the college. You got it. It's back. Okay, well, I'll just real quick. Um, like I was thinking, if I, you know, was in his, in his shoes, and I had to go up to the school to get this honorary degree, whatever, um, I would make it. It would, you know, I would drive there from point A to point B, get it, and be done. But the comedy in his, you know, neurotic, you know, whatever, uh, for Woody Allen to go from point A to point B, first <laughs> he invites a hooker. And then he picks up the guy that he didn't remember calling, or he shows up. So now he's got, you know, two characters in the car. And then he stops, kidnaps his son from school, and takes him up. On the way, they stop at a carnival. They stop at his sister's house. A dude dies. You know, like, all this shit. And by the time he gets up there and ready to accept his award, the cops show up because he kidnapped his son, you know, and didn't tell him. Dragged, dragged the son away from, from, the from Muriel Hemingway, from Muriel which, Hemingway, who who won a uh, Academy Award for her performance in Manhattan, directed by Woody Allen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I, I love how it was so important that his son was to be there and be proud of his dad for getting this honorary yeah. degree with the hooker along. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was really important that my son shows up. But, not, but I, I already paid for cookies, so it's coming no matter what. Well, I kind of, but I, once again, I kind of like that because like, even when, uh, when, uh, when he does, uh, when, when the man dies in the backseat and he's having his little, like, episode about, like, you know, I'm a horrible person or whatever, Cookie's like, you're not a fucking horrible person. Who gives a shit if you, you may do that, you may do this, you may do that, but there's plenty of horrible people in the world. You know, I think that kind of like, you know, brings to light like, yeah, even though, yeah, even though I love horrors and I love drinking and I love whatever, but I'm also a good writer and like my son should see the positive sides of me as well as accept the negatives, you mm-hmm. know, being realistic about who we are and it wasn't yeah. that, that was kind of one of the points of the movie, yeah, like very... knowing who you are and accepting your, uh, accepting your, uh, whatever your Realistic is a good way to portray that because, um... Yeah, the film's fantastical, but uh, like he—they're very realistic about the situation that's going on. You know, I mean. Yeah, they feel like he, real people. Yeah, yeah. You know why? They're all liars. Everybody. <laughs> that's what I like about it is because they're all liars. <laughs> okay, <I'm> <laughs> but like every character is like you know like I said it's not just yeah okay Woody Allen he's a dick right. 
but his uh, his his wife his wife's sister is also going after her sister's husband, and you know everybody is doing their role in this in a way. You know, Woody Allen's not just out. You know, yeah, he's revealing the secrets on everybody in this and mm-hmm. whatever. But everybody, they kind of just just like I was saying, how Woody Allen he he walks himself through this like getting worse and worse and worse. His characters are so mad at him, but it's like you put yourself through it too, you know, just because That's this true. guy is realistic about his life and just because he put his experiences in a book, his characters are mad at him for revealing their shit. They wanted to keep tucked away in secret right. or whatever. Yeah, you go back and look at the film and uh, most of the people that are mad at him, they put themselves right. into contact with him in that situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue on the elevator. Yeah, but it was in it was in confidence, I guess, in some way that you <laughs> well, don't expect him to yeah. actually. You know, I mean, he he veiled it, but thinly veiled it, I suppose, just by changing <laughs> oh somebody's God. name. My favorite joke of this whole movie is is uh, that his ex wife's sister is uh, Leslie, and he called her Lucy. And then when they're talking or whatever, <laughs> he calls her Lucy. She goes. Or no, he calls her Les. I'm sorry, I mixed that around. He calls her Leslie. He's Lucy. Yeah. My name is Lucy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that gets me every time. Yeah, he call- he gets called a motherfucker a lot. Oh my god, one. I love that. <laughs> the guy, the poor guy that the Kirstie Alley's patient <laughs> comes and he's laying on the couch because she's the therapist and he's trying to tell his problems to her, but she just found out that uh, you know Woody Allen's screwing around with her on- with her sister. And, like, she's just distraught. And this poor guy, he's laying on the couch. <laughs> she's going back and forth arguing, you know, with Woody Allen. And all he can hear is, I watch you out tonight, you motherfucker. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> and to the point where he brings him to tears, I brings think. Tears. That's also a really hilarious joke. That yeah, because she keeps like, getting up from the room, yelling at him, getting up from the Yuliella. And then when she sits next to him, it's like, and I mean tonight, motherfucker. And that guy just... <laughs> Yeah, but that actually wasn't the therapist. That was his. That was his third wife, and that wasn't the sister. That was he cheated with a patient. With her patient. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how much. Yeah, the guy's been married three times. I, and... Yeah, I couldn't keep a track of you know which marriage he was on. Or yeah, I got it down. Now. Which was it. the uh, the real one and the fantasy one. Oh, speaking of the fantasy well, one, me... I mean, oh well. The, uh, I mean, this movie spends quite a bit of time, like, indulging in, like, you know, flights of fantasy, which I thought was, you know, it's kind of cool, because, like, one of them being uh, Tobey Maguire plays a younger version of the Woody Allen character who's, uh, you know, having a a tryst with a hooker, and then Death comes to the door thinking that he's actually his friend who he's... Wearing the moniker. he's got that guy's apartment for the night. Yeah, what was his name? Milton oh, Milton Barbell Mel, yeah Mendel Mendel I don't remember Mendel something Mendel Barbum or something like Will Barbum <laughs> I'm death yeah give Sorry. me a minute yeah, but it's you like don't a have a minute Python. I mean like yeah. that was one of those moments where you're like oh I can't remember if that was the first one but that was like early on in the movie where I'm like whoa they're actually going into like you know right off the you know this is indulging just a writer's flight of fantasy. And later on, he goes to, like, a literal hell. And it's not, like, a cheap hell, either. That's like awesome, right? Big, big set built, naked people running around. Screaming. And fire all over the place. And it reminded me, actually, of, like, a hell from... I mean, I'm sure it's probably based on, like, a famous painting or something. But it reminded me... 
I saw like a, a movie from like 1920s that was called uh, Hacks and a History of Witchcraft or something. It's an old Swedish movie. I mean, I mean, I know he's a cinephile. I don't know if that's it, but it had like something some similar like that where the devil was holding court in like this. You know, there's all these demons running around. I want to say it's Dante's Inferno. Is the painting maybe? It could be. Maybe that uh, that's, it looks it, like the video game. Yeah, it, it's it's all the you know like the naked people and the fire coming out of the walls so and the their walls just like it. body parts and intestines and right. Yeah, yeah. I like how they're sending jacuzzis, hot jacuzzis. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and then it's funny that you got an atheist that writes a story about going to hell. Right, you know? that's what I'm saying. He's not an he's, he's yeah. undecided. He's so undecided. He goes with atheism, but yeah, he says atheist, but then he also says I love my son eternally things like that so. right mm-hmm. yeah which i've always loved characters like that like yeah. i mean this is like far out there but i love i love in uh, i forget what season of dexter it is where the whole thing's the religious killer guy and dexter doesn't believe in god doesn't believe in god doesn't believe in god and as soon as his sister sees him about to kill a guy his first words is oh god <laughs> you know that, <laughs> that's brilliant you know like subconsciously prime it's a primal instinct well that's i think the case for uh henry block in this movie you know it's like it's the fact that you know this is the way that he was he was raised in a you know a religious household and i think that just becomes you know even though i think like he he's he's gone you know he's a cerebral fellow and intellectual so he's you know read enough and seen enough that i think he's come to the conclusion that you know it's like i'm going to be an atheist but the only way that he can explain that or anything around him is like couched in you know yeah it's couched in the the imagery and the terminology of you know your life i guess and you know that he's yeah, you know, the religious uh, his religious upbringing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it. Woody Allen kind of has like a natural yamaka, just just based on his baldness. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, side true. note, putting it out there. There's another uh, fantasy bit in this with uh, Robin Williams uh, is a character in one of uh, Woody Allen's story or Henry's stories. Uh, he's an actor who's out of focus. Which I thought was uh, was kind of cool too. That was right. well done too. Yeah, it was well done. And I like how they brought it back with him when he's having his super anxiety attack. Yeah, at yeah. the college. Yes. Yeah. Him just saying, "I'm out of focus. I'm out of focus." Yeah. Yeah. And clearly, he's I don't like think literally out of focus. But I don't think <laughs> yeah. Cookie saw him as out of focus. No, I right. Think no, so, no, yeah. no, that was yeah. His, yeah, just his mind. I like how well Robin Williams, his wife in that story was played by uh, I don't know her Julie name. Julie Kavner. the woman that plays uh, Marge Simpson. Marge Simpson. Yeah. No, there's a lot of. Well, maybe you can talk about that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, either they were famous at the time or up and coming or, you know, actors in this movie. Who's in this movie? Jennifer Garner. (laughs) Jennifer Garner, Billy Crystal, Elizabeth Shue, Robin Williams, Demi Moore. Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Jennifer Garner? Yeah, well, she was in the credits. She we was noticed. just in the elevator. She was in the elevator. When he's oh. thinking of how he met Elizabeth Shue, and then he's like, oh, if this would be a short story, and it goes to his short story. Oh, and, yeah. I yeah. guess that was Jennifer Garner. Wow. The kid okay. from The Santa Claus. The kid yeah. from Santa <laughs> and Claus. Dunstan uh, and Dunstan checks in. And Dunstan checks in. Elaine from Seinfeld. Uh, so we say Christy, yeah, Christy Alley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariel Hemingway, we said, from Superman 4. Uh, (laughs) and some of them are in it for like a very short amount of time uh oh eric bogosian was the other one i ever seen talk radio oliver stone movie it's very good Mm -hmm. eric bogosian was he's the uh he's the sister's uh jewish orthodox jewish husband okay he was in was in it as well yeah Yeah, paul Paul was in it Eric Bogosian did this awesome uh, one-man play, and you should see Talk Radio, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. 
Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is also in the film. Cookie. Uh, Paul Elizabeth Shue is going to be Rhino. Elizabeth Shue is in the film. You may remember her from uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Back to the Future. Uh, Karate Kid. kid. Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. She's looking okay. pretty foxy in this movie. I'm not she was. I was, uh, I was yeah. surprised because I just saw her. Okay, so she was in Piranha uh, 3D a couple of Which years ago. Which was awesome. But she was hot. in uh, The House at the End of the Street where she plays Jennifer Lawrence's mother. Oh, yeah. And I was like, watching that movie, it's not a very good mo- movie. But like those two women are better than the movie. And even even then, it's like Elizabeth Shue's like she's still got it. I mean, I don't know how old she is now, but she's still. She might be even better now. I mean, like from deconstructing Harry on, she's just getting better. Well, Woody Allen, man, he, I think he could almost take anybody and either teach him how to be a better actor. Guess who's in Blue Jasmine? Just guess. Just guess. Just guess. Uh, Tom Cruise. Andrew Dice Clay has a part in this oh, movie. Oh, that's yeah. And I hear okay. Woody Allen can pull a performance out of it. <laughs> you know, Woody Allen is just. And you know, I hear Woody Allen doesn't do auditions. He'll like you get on the phone with him, be like, "Yep, we'll do it." Like yeah, I hear, he's or, or he might come in, talk to you for five minutes, and leave. Like he doesn't have anybody audition. To be fair, I always thought Andrew Dice Clay was a decent actor. I saw it with the Avengers. That's crazy. Ford, fairly. I can't. No, I mean oh, the fact, the hey, fact that oh. he could. Well, yeah, but that's that is part of his. Persona. Well, that is his character. But I'm not saying you know like it or you know whatever. But I think that you know when he was in front of the camera, he had uh, you know. Um, personality. Well, I don't think know? he's shy of anything. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was on Entourage for a couple episodes. He was pretty good. Never seen that show. Oh, is he like Little Miss Muffet? Hey, lead in the Blue Jasmine? I don't think so. I can't be positive because you know what he asked me. I'm gonna have to wait for video here unless somebody can, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Usually I don't, you know. Unless you're in New York or I don't. Everybody like if you're a a common listener, everybody knows I Travis do not condone piracy in any form. Except if you do not make it available to me, or if you don't, well, basically, if you don't make it available to me, then hey, whatever. <laughs> then it's your fault for not making it available to me. When they don't make a lot of movies available to me. Well, we'll see. But. They don't make a lot of things available <laughs> to my paycheck. That also. Uh, it's true. But doesn't mean stealing is right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's wearing a Superman t-shirt that right I paid now. for it's... <laughs> <laughs> and saw the movie four times in theaters do you think that showing my support for what I love I want them to make more Superman movies so I show the money so to make, be like hey until people. Batman beats him down yep well yeah this is a whole nother you gotta yeah. hop in a car drive to your nearest uh, metropolis and pay it's... to see Blue Jasmine I know I'm exactly. that's a short 80 miles away <laughs> yeah, oh, wait wait, wait no, gonna... no, no, we don't know that for sure folks <laughs> we're in any town USA well oh, sorry <laughs> freak show <laughs> Illinois I mean it's <laughs> out it's out there if you live near tall buildings I'm sure Woody Allen might be near your theater you know <laughs> yeah I don't I'm... think I've ever seen a Woody Allen movie in this town I haven't seen well I mean I know that some of them have played I mean I've seen very few it seems like over the years I mean I remember seeing and liking uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors with uh, Martin Landau quite a bit I remember seeing Purple Rose at Cairo and actually I've seen Manhattan Annie Hall and some of the earlier ones I'm trying to think but you know did Stranger Than Fiction no uh, not I'm sorry not that one uh, Melinda Melinda Mel- oh, okay I saw that I saw Melinda Melinda in Chicago never mind yeah 
Mm. Like I'm thinking maybe Bird. maybe yeah. Scoop might have came because it had Hugh Jackman and uh, and Scarlett Johansson. Or Midnight in Paris might have maybe, maybe Midnight in Paris because there was such a I big say Match Point about it. was uh, pretty another wide. Scarlett Johansson. Those are all the ones I hate by by the way. I yeah. hate those movies. I don't think I've seen. Is uh, Match, Match Point, Point okay? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it a thriller? It is kind of a thriller. I do like the ending of that movie, even though I kind of don't like the movie. I do like the ending of the movie. But that's... In, I Because mean, it's I cool guess, how he gets caught. Da, da, da. I know, I'm going to have to see it. Uh, the, uh, you know, but... About, I'm intrigued when a, when, a, when a filmmaker who's known for a body of work, especially like this, I mean, we're talking like... What are we talking... It's like 40, late, 40 years or something. This guy like has probably over 50 movies. Maybe 49 or 50. Yeah, but they're all primarily like, you know... Uh, relationship dramas or character pieces or you know like uh, yeah. what sweet and low. He's down, always like a struggling radio days. Yeah, uh, you know. But to see him, you know, I mean, that's what intrigues me. I guess when he does like when he was like Woody Allen's doing a thriller, like you know, that's that's interesting to me. When you're like, okay, I'm gonna do something. Who is in Match Point? Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, can't, I don't know <laughs> the other guys. Tennis player. Another no, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're gonna cap yeah, Google. Captain Google. Wait, was it man. really a tennis movie? It's a it's a movie about a man who he marries a girl just so he can secure a good job for himself. You know, it's a very it's a character that is very. He's only looking at like, well, this woman's father runs this awesome corporation. He's a very like almost like a. Oh I, shit! I would almost say like a nineteen eighties like. It's uh, Jonathan Reese Myers and Matthew Good. Matthew Good was just in Stoker, and he was uh, Ozymandias in Watchmen. He's in it. Okay. And Jonathan Reese Myers, who you may have seen in, I want to say, The Tudors, is currently going to be playing Dracula on a series on NBC this fall. Ooh. So, All right. What was, it, what was the one with Scarlett Johansson and uh, Hugh Jackman? Scoop. Oh, that was Scoop. Okay. What was that about? That was a reporter or something, a newspaper yeah, reporter. Yeah, a reporter or something. <laughs> so, see, <laughs> I don't know, I don't I'm like prob- it. I'm probably not going to go watch it. I think it took yeah. place in New York, I'm not sure, maybe Manhattan. Might have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Manhattan Murder Mystery, is that a Woody Allen sure. film also? Yeah, Manhattan yeah, okay. Murder Mystery. Um, okay, so is he currently, I mean, in the past, in, let's say in the past ten years, is he still the lead character, lead actor in his own No, because now he's starting to get, like... Like, Whatever Works had Larry David, which you can kind of see. You know, yeah, Larry David might as, <laughs> might as well have had Woody Allen in it. But Larry David, what a little was, younger than Woody what Allen. What was that musical he did with, like, Allen Alden? Everyone Says I Love yeah, You. I that, that has Goldie Hawn, and that has everyone in it. Drew Barrymore yeah. and Tim Roth, and I'm, I'm going to be playing that here uh, sometime soon. Yeah. It's a really good one. It's also got a really young Natalie Portman. But, I mean, again, this is like, you know, it's got to be outside of his comfort zone. I mean, it is kind of, but, you know, the fact that he's doing a musical, it's like then but, you got you have to play by different rules when you make your film, you know. I mean, it's the same as, like, you know, if you do a thriller, there's different rules than just doing, like, a drama. I mean, the, there's, a, there's a difference maybe because you're in, you're in a genre instead of being, like, in a, in a drama. It seems like structure is less important to the flow of the script because this one just seemed like there was scenes that just kind of went off in tangents and there was a lot of ideas just almost for the the fact of just having you know it's like well we can do this and like let's explore this or whatever i think a lot of that was part of the you know mentioning like the therapist mentioning what was your last short story about and then going obviously that had 
almost nothing to do with it except for they brought back him being out of focus later on. Which right. I like that. I didn't mind them meandering around a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it fits, you know. I'm, yeah, because he had, like, a. there was the linear story. I mean, there was the, the, the modern-day story happening. Then, yeah, they'd go out through conversations about his stories. They'd go into the short stories. And then in conversations about how those short stories were inspired, they'd go into his past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so well, you got like three right. layers. But that actually, it brings me to something I think that we've talked about on this podcast before. Help me if I, if we haven't, but it was about like the, you know, it's like you can have a movie where like this, where it's more about the character than it is about plot. I mean, if you try to talk about what the plot was in this movie, it's about a guy who like, uh, you know, what he, 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 it's all about trying to get to this ceremony where he's going to be honored for being, you know, right. I mean, that's basically, it's like, here's the events that happen, but that's not really what it's about. Yeah, I think that's, that's not... why it's hard to describe it because it's more about, you know, just the people Yeah. in it. You know, it's more about character. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's the guy that just can't function in life, writes good stories. <laughs> I, like how they, I like how they brought back characters from his short stories. Yeah. Into his... Real, like, like quote unquote, hallucinatory, like yeah. yeah, yeah, his his uh, secondhand pot smoking, yeah, <laughs> and his like pill starts. popping, like yeah, right, and, yeah, yeah. He's, he's popping pills and drinking whiskey all day long, and he blames it off of like yeah, one pop of secondhand <laughs> pot smoke. That's pretty funny, <laughs> right? Yeah. But then maybe like, but may okay, I was just thinking, it's like maybe he wouldn't have thought of that, like if if the character didn't come to him and blame him for 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 telling their whole life story you know because he thought it was obviously a pretty decently veiled you know thing he just thought hey whatever it's a short story kind of loosely based you know he didn't really think much of it right you know so then when she kind of when she really points it out to him that you know you fucking asshole you you know you, you told everything whatever he, it kind of forces him to to look at his story right, and really right. look at like who are these characters and be like I'm fucking you dude I'm just you yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly the same reason he feels like shocked or just legitimately surprised like you know the five times somebody came to him was like motherfucker you wrote about me like, wait 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 what 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 hold on I guess he never did see the face of the guy he wrote I guess I don't know <laughs> he would be like who are you yeah because I want to say at the end, I may have stepped out for a moment, but he never actually does get his, uh, like, the validation from the school, right? No, because the guy dies. No. He gets validation from the characters. From the characters. Yeah, it, like, wrote. happens yeah. in his mind. His they give sucks. him permission to, you know, kind of, you know, move forward. It's like, we appreciate you. Oh, and, then, and then it makes you think of, um, because that was his, the class that was being taught about him, are the ones that appear to him later on in his apartment like you know were were they ever real at the college well that's a good question too yeah well I think they were real at the college just because you know I mean he got arrested he got you know you can see that they were real but But, I I think since he since he has their faces he can easily place them in his own dream but they seemed pretty it seems somewhat ridiculous to be to have a college class so focused on someone still alive too. Well, I think that's actually happened to Woody Allen. I think he's been honored well, guess, at a I lot of like so colleges that like <laughs> he's also like a hundred years old. So, but it is definitely like you know, I guess you can see it that way. Well, that's, I mean, that's the first thing I thought when when they came back. Right. It was so soon after he 
had just saw him, and it was so bizarre, the, the kind of questions they were asking, and they were giving him insight into his own psyche, into his own, from his own work right. at the yeah. same time, that maybe I thought that, part of me thought that maybe he thought of them, it was just, that was a coping mechanism he was using to explain things to himself. It could be. Well, I think that's Does that what... Does that make all, sense? I, well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that's what almost all his stories do turn out to be. It's a way, you know, he, oh, I'm a mess, I do this, I do blah, 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 but then... When he's forced to think about his characters, that's when he starts to see how this relates to him and how he, you yeah. know. Well, right. because his characters are validating his, you know, selfishness, his neuroticism, his, you know, pill popping, whatever it may be. He, They're like, that's okay because, you know, you did this, 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 or whatever. Like, they're, they're giving him... Uh, uh, an excuse, I guess. They're enabling him, but they're not real. <laughs> and so when it's, well, it, yeah, because when they told him, you know, because he's so neurotic and, you know, self-deprecating. Right. And when they told him, like, yeah, but the, no, but you can find the happiness in it, that whole thing. Yeah. You know, and that, that seems surreal to me, because then that was, like, enlightening to him, like, oh, okay, hold on. And then, you know, he's in the jail, and his friend tells him you're alive, and that should make you happy. Yeah, you know, I, I like that aspect of it. Right, I, I like that. I'm not sure about that part. Yeah, that's that's a fair fair take on it. I think they were real at the college, but I mean, like you you present a good argument that maybe they're not. It's a possibility. Only I'd, because the other people were with him. His son was with him. Cookie was with him. And it seems like when the real stuff, like yeah, but did they react to those people at all? Well, I mean, Cookie opened the door. Yeah, because there's not. Out. I mean, except sure. for him, except for him becoming fuzzy in that scene. There's not much fantasy in the reality parts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, jail, there is his, his dead friend in jail. Oh, that's true. Well, he except, began, yeah, yeah, and he began, talks to yeah. his characters later on. So yeah, there's a off. few. There's definitely. Well, yeah. It definitely feels like anytime it's reality, somebody is either you know knocking on his door to call him a motherfucker or uh, cops taking him to jail. You know, like people are always coming down on him. In and, reality. And part, another reason I thought that is because it seemed to culminate and to grow more and more. The first half of the movie, he didn't see anybody fake. And then he started seeing his characters. And then, you know, then all of a sudden he got blurry. He but he's also p- popping more and more pills right. throughout the movie. I exactly. mean, I love how when he's leaving for the school, he's got that thermos, you know. And it's yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, they don't show him slugging back drinks, you know, whatever, but they just have the scene of him with the thermos when they're walking out. It's like, well, that's his fucking alcohol for the day, you know, that's what he's yeah. <laughs> gonna get drunk on all day while he talks yeah. his, takes his pills and... What does well, Cookie say? Like, popping that many pills and drinking that much whiskey, you ain't gonna be alright or something, you know. I like thought it was he's... implied that he was overdosing. Too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, know, he, like, he explicitly said he was overdosing on himself. I'm not overdosing on the pills. I'm overdosing on myself. <laughs> He's like, I've seen plenty of people overdose yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. walked him through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of brought him back. That's really cool, too, because they're blurring out Woody Allen, and they all stood up with Robin Williams, which kudos to him. You never actually see him in the film. I mean, yeah, he's, he's even blurred out at the end when they bring all the characters. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they're... It's not. I'm not going to get into the technical stuff, but it's it's an achievement, I think, in a film to to have a character that's blurred out and everything else is in focus. Well, this has the distinction, I think, of being the first Woody Allen film to imply digital video visual effects. Really? Yeah, it was wow. Industrial Light and Magic. I noticed there. Yeah. <laughs> they they did a good job because I mean, Cookie's kind of walking them in off the ledge. Uh, she's they're they're doing like this camera zoom in 
on Cookie and Woody Allen. He's out. Of, he's out of focus to begin with, but like by the time the camera lands on the two shot, he's like completely back into focus. You know, and it looks like a rack focus that you would do with a camera. It's like perfect. You know, it's really cool. And she interacts with him when he is out of focus, and you know, it's just. Mm-hmm just feels like you're watching a guy that's out of focus <laughs> a, yeah. you know a soft guy in the shot well i mentioned uh, also industrial light and magic that made me think that there's a lengthy scene that takes place at a uh, what is it a bar mitzvah but it's a star wars themed <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's good. like a bunch of wookies and tuxedos and stormtrooper waiters I, wandering around vader helmets i gotta say that's my favorite short story <laughs> of, yeah that's, of a good, of that's that's pretty great i'm slightly bummed they weren't playing the same song they were playing at the in Star Wars when they go into the cantina. Slightly <laughs> bummed, but that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would be great. Wow. Yeah, those glowing—they were like centerpieces, glowing Vader helmets. Oh, that was were awesome. Mm-hmm. Would have, yeah, those would sell like hotcakes. Hell yeah. Well, so I'm wondering then, you know, even now, you know, we're talking, but it's a collection of short stories. It's like, is this just stuff that, you know, like all of these stories were little bits and pieces, fragments that Woody Allen himself was working on over the years that just got, you know, got tucked into a drawer or whatever. And at some point, you know, experienced writer's block, because that's what the, you know, the characters suffering through in the movie went through the drawer, pulled the stuff out, somehow figured out how to make a movie combining all of these. It could be because he seemed like it. Yeah. He's got. I want to say three or four books of just short stories that are just far out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, all of them are fantastical and and just whatever, still maintaining that non-reality. So that's probably like a really great possibility. Even the whole idea of death knocking on your door and you're, you know, using your buddy's apartment. Like, that seems like the punchline of a joke, obviously. Right, yeah. It almost seems like a classic, like... Yeah, like like, like like Faust's tale of I mean, yeah, it, it seems like I've I've heard that exact tale said some point in, in reading at some point in my life from a long time ago. Like it's a, like a, it's yeah. an old wives' tale, right? Right. You know, okay. Obviously not involving hookers, right? Taking 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 some place of somebody. Uh, yeah. right, it could, it right. could be a Twilight Zone for God's sakes. You know, I mean, you you're going there for <laughs> pleasure, but you're breaking the rules, so you're gonna get yours in the end. Basically, is what it is. That's yeah. what happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Should we do mm-hmm. wrap ups? Any, any any final thoughts? Anybody? Anybody? Any final thoughts? Uh, nothing. I can't cover I, my wrap up. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Your observations? I can't think of. Uh, Trying to think. Of, was there a score to this movie, or was it all just made up of uh, old timey like jazz? It was mostly bump. Bum, 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 yeah, bum, the girl from bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of it. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know, what's funny is the line you were talking about, the woman that says, you know, oh, you know, when I think about your stories, they seem really sad to the surface, but I think they're really happy. This is like, I mean, I'm sure this isn't what it is, but for some reason, just to me, just because, you know, I have been watching Woody Allen movies for a lot of my life, I feel like that's a line of dialogue almost for his newer viewers, if there were any in 97 or whatever, because he's trying to explain to people that, like, even though I'm talking about deep subjects and 
people are getting their hearts broken and they're fucking each other over. You know, look, try to look at what the guy learns by the end of it. To ju- you know, don't judge him based off of everything he does. Try to judge what he walks away from the experience with, and you know, because I mean, all his movies are like that. People, I mean, yeah, everybody just screws everybody over. Mm-hmm. But there always there's a sense of clarity towards the end of it, like the clarity of why well, fucked up, and whether. Yeah, in a perfect movie, like a Hollywood movie, he'd realize he'd fuck up and go get the girl back at the end, but it's a Woody Allen movie, so the clarity of his mistake is the happy ending. It is the, like, well, at least I'm not going to be ignorant in my own shit, (laughs) you know? At least I'm going to, you know, at least try to climb out of this, uh, whatever, emotionally. That's a good point, yeah. I'd buy that. I'll buy that for a dollar. I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Watch out, we'll get uh, tagged by that uh, Twitter bot that you uh, say, uh-oh. "Oh no, you say RoboCop in a tweet, and it hits you back with, i 'I'll buy that for a dollar.' Really? Automatically. Really? Wow. I'll buy Just that try it out. Uh, so wrap ups. <laughs> wrap it up, Brandon. Uh, my wrap up. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh, my favorite line was probably when he was in hell when he asked that guy what he did and the guy said I invented aluminum siding. <laughs> I thought that was pretty damn funny. <laughs> that one just went right over. Maybe you gotta be a homeowner. I was gonna say maybe you gotta be a homeowner but you are. But uh, it was I good. Know. I liked how it was shot. Uh, I liked the acting. I loved the uh, immense 90s star power that existed <laughs> in, in, in the very brief moments. I'm always a big fan of that when when uh Famous people kind of lose their a list. They yeah, you know what I mean. They become like TV commercial guys. Like were, were they cool just for a cameo? Like 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 you said, Robin Williams being blurred out the entire time. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Um, I'm a Woody Allen fan. I've never seen this before today. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a B plus. That's a recommendation. I recommend it. All right. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, so Woody Allen, I mean, we spent a, a good amount of time talking about the man, the myth, the legend that is Woody Allen, I suppose, you know, then looking at this movie in particular, uh, it's a, a movie full of, uh, very, I would say, keenly observed, uh, human moments. He makes movies about characters, he, I think, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, oh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Keenly observed human characters. Woody Allen is a filmmaker who makes movies for adults. They're adults dealing with adult problems. Uh, they live in an adult world. There's no, um, you know, I mean, this is why the guy's never directed an Iron Man movie or, you know, whatever. I don't think like that, that, I don't think the appeal would be there for him or anybody would ever ask him to, like, hey, direct our next summer blockbuster <clears throat> so i think that's also why he has like this specific uh you know audience uh i think as a you know i mean he's a, a one of those writers that you put up there with like you know quentin tarantino or uh you know like kevin smith or somebody you know they can they write very well uh, i think in woody allen's case you know just having the benefit of time he's a very good director as well i think it's a very good movie is what I'm coming down to. I think it's very good, but I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it. What? Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, because crazy. I think, you know, it's like... Well, I mean, gonna, yeah, because yeah, I guess I'd have to contextualize that. If 
if you have no experience with Woody Allen, I would probably start somewhere else. Uh, you know, you'd go to like the Manhattans, the Annie Halls, uh, the Crimes and Misdemeanors, or something like that. Um, I mean, now even thinking about it, I don't really hear about this film talked about much in his, you know, cinematic viewer but you know um yeah i don't know it was just it was it was fine i liked it it's good but i'm not like i'm not excited about it <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> and i know this is like it's hard to say that like it's a very good movie it's probably one of the better films that we've ever watched on the on the saturday night freak show okay <laughs> like i'm giving you that it was better than tango and cash <laughs> it was better than tango and cash but see, that's a th- that is maybe the thing. It's like, was it as was it as much fun to watch, and how much you relate to it? I guess it depends on you know where you are in your life and what your life experiences have been. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I don't want to say like I'd recommend it to some people and not to other people. It's a good film. It's like a three star movie. I would say. Let me okay. Let me ask you. If you didn't, if you were not, because I, <laughs> I know you, if you were not thinking about how they would react to it, do you recommend this film? Without thinking about who the, the, person, the person is who... watching it. Don't think about that. Would Do you recommend this film? Well, I mean, that's, I guess I'm Absolutely saying, I'm <laughs> saying that it's, you know, I'm saying that it's a good film, that it's a three-star film. So I guess that is the recommendation. It's better than average. It's three stars out of four. You I'll know, take it. that would be, I suppose, a recommendation. I gotta disagree. Who here can't relate to driving a hooker across upstate New York? <laughs> a hooker, your son, and a dead guy. Yeah, across. Yeah. But that's the well, thing. It's like Yorker, you know, right? I sat there. You know, <laughs> as a I can't relate. I'm not yeah, New exactly. York. <laughs> I'm not a neurotic New York Jew. You know, it's like I can I understand a lot of the things that he's grappling with. I've had those conversations about you know. God, life, the meaning of it all, you know, uh, life, death, sex, you know, it's like I've had those conversations with people. Those conversations to me have been more entertaining than watching, uh, you know, Woody Allen's, ver- it's him having that conversation publicly. So we can all like have a touchstone to relate to. It's like, you know, just like that guy in that movie said, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, that's what he's doing. He's engraving it, you know, in a, a public place. But, you know, I guess maybe that's why it wasn't as exciting to me. Or, like, you know, the stamp, the be-all, end-all. Like, this is the movie that you have to see. If you're going to see one, you know, movie about a neurotic New York, uh, you know, Jewish guy who's having writer's block, this is the one. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so then, I, then you go to, like, okay, so if you're going to watch a Woody Allen film, is this the one to watch? You know? I mean, if you're a fan of his stuff, then, yeah, you got you have to watch it. Uh if you're, you need to be introduced to Woody Allen, you know, I guess, yeah, I would start with probably Manhattan or Annie Hall. Or Crimes and Misdemeanors. There you go. I'm out. I think I can get to the bottom of this whole recommendation, non-recommendation thing right now. Um, I think that you recommend this movie to liberals and you tell conservatives to stay away. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> well, I'm conservative as all hell. I love Woody Allen. <laughs> But like that whole next, tri- the, just move on. That, okay, uh, I won't dwell on it. But that whole trip down to hell, you know, like every a lot of stuff he was saying was very, very yeah. left winged. It's very funny to me. It's yeah, um, but I, I don't want to get into the political shit about this movie. Um, the thing that I, for me, Woody Allen has always been this director, this writer that 
you know, I, I'm like, oh yeah, Woody Allen, should I check that movie out? I guess. Why not? You know, I mean, it's, I've never, I guess I've never really sought out his films, but every time a film, you know, one of his is put in front of me, I end up like being pleasantly surprised, like by how entertaining it really is. And I wouldn't say it's perfect. I don't think the whole way through it's entertaining. There's, there's moments where it's like, okay, I get it. He's a neurotic Jew from Manhattan or whatever, but there's enough like waves, I guess of really really interesting stories this one specifically like i like the whole you know you almost get all these little short films within an actual film which i I really like that maybe my generation you know our attention span is lower (laughs) than most definitely but um it's only gonna get worse folks i got bad news for you (laughs) um but uh watching this yeah uh i you know i would there was times where I felt like, okay, let's move on with the story. And then something would happen and they would surprise me and I would laugh. And it was, it was enjoyable all the way through. I, I would have to definitely recommend this to, I'll say anybody that wants to see a, see a good film. Was this a long film? It felt, it did feel long. It felt a little I long. And I, right around two hours. Was it right? Yeah. Okay. Was it? I bet it's 97 minutes. <laughs> all right. We're going to, we're going to check it out, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that all that said, I think also Woody Allen is one of those characters where ninety six minutes. Really? Oh my God! I would have said like minutes. he was like two hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking it was more like two twelve. That's how much story was packed minutes. into this. You know, you went on a journey, an epic journey. Ninety six. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, and I think that's that's the waves that you get of entertainment and then kind of overkill of the neurotic Jew. Um, but Man, but not to that hate. No, no, to that hate no, when he goes Jew. It's it's, it's not, not not Jew eat, but Jew eat, Jew, Jew eat. <laughs> <laughs> not did you eat, Jew? <laughs> I thought I think I stopped a point. Sorry, that's over. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna try and salvage it. Um, okay, yeah, so. The, I think this is why Woody Allen has such a you know like a, a a following, a core group of people, viewers, moviegoers that love absolutely love his stories. It's because I think he taps into like I, I don't think that his correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that his voice changes a lot. It doesn't stray a lot. You know, I no. mean you, you pretty much. Yeah, but like sweet and low down. When you don't have the Woody Allen, the neurotic, you know, New Yorker, in it, then it becomes like then he's doing completely different stories. I think then the eh, but there's still it. characters that at one point in time make a decision that they think is right for. I mean, it's like that is his oh. thing is is the neurosis of having to make choices in life and like having to stick with it and deal with the consequences of every choice, good or bad. Right, and that's that's kind of what you get from this film too. You get dealing with the consequences of the decisions that you made in your life, and you know reflecting on them through the stories that you wrote. Um, but that's and uh, the Melinda and Melinda. I mean, those are strong themes, and that, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't seen too many, but like that's always hammer. It's it's it is it's a it's a neurotic selfishness, but it's an entertaining character enough to where whether it be 
uh, Melinda or whether it be Woody Allen or what, whether it be Harry, you know, um, it, it, yeah, I never felt like I wanted to stop watching this movie. I wanted, you know, and the, uh, like, I, I think I got the, like I was at the end of this film, I was satisfied with the story that I was told. And I guess you can't really ask for more than that from a film, right? I mean, they can leave you wanting more sometimes, and that's sometimes good, too. Deconstructing Harry, too. (laughs) (laughs) Reconstructing Harry. Reconstructing Harry. Ah, yeah. This is crazy. That would be awesome. Travis? Well, uh, I mean, the reason I've always liked Woody Allen is, I mean, he's like a raw, exposed nerve. He doesn't, I mean, he has a character, you know, most movies... Your character is depressed, so what are they going to do? They're going to sit on the couch. And they're just going to stare blankly at the camera. And you're going to be like, okay, this person's depressed. You know, he vocalizes it. He, like, lets you know, this is how my character is feeling. You know, oh, this is stupid. This is a mess. All I want to do is be, you know, fuck whores, take pills, blah, 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 blah. He's like the little voice in your head that actually, like, screams at you all day long, you know? It's like, it's like if that little voice just didn't leave you alone, that would be his character. And that's what I've always, I don't know, I've just, I just always love, uh, uh, you know, you got, so, in, in, in movies and in any stories, you always got so much of the, the masculine, manly man, the kind of, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've always liked the kind of the, the meek guy, the, uh, the... The, uh, like you said, the kind of the self deprecating, uh, uh, I don't want to say Jew, but. (laughs) 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 But whatever. Just, just a person that, you know, they, you know, they just can't help but focus. I one of my favorite lines of all Woody Allen movies is from Annie Hall, where he says that. He just can't help it if he knows one person is starving. He just can't sleep, you know. He just, you know, because it's like the world doesn't need to be as horrible as it is. It just is that horrible, and nobody really cares to make it any better. So he's a guy struggling with living in the world, feeling like you really can't do anything to affect your environment when really you're making decisions all along that are affecting you and are, you know, you know giving you this negative or this positive uh, reaction of, of life. And uh, this movie specifically, I relate to just because I think, I think if you are an artist or if you just, even if you just are a nerd, I think you can relate to being like, man, you know, have I, did I just waste all this time in my own head you know, where we're, we're Billy Crystal, he goes out and lives. I like what Billy Crystal says. You put your, you put your life into your art. I put my art into my life. You know, some people go out and do things, and other people, you know, can just sit there and pick it apart and 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 explain it better. You know, than anybody else. And uh, like I said, I think if you are an artist, you just you you know what that's like. I think and. Uh, and, uh, oh man, what, a, what to say about Woody Allen? I kind of lost it there. But, uh, well, this movie... I got a question for you okay. if you want, um, if you, if you will. Uh, you chose Deconstructing Harry, um, to show us tonight, obviously. Uh, why that over, like, Annie Hall for the first Well, I do movie? like yeah. short stories. I, lo- I love the short story... He he's he's repeated this in uh, well. To Rome with love is kind of more of like a four or five story thing. I want to say four. 
uh, Radio Days is is a uh, pretty chopped up little stories. Um, I just I've always liked that. I always feel like like how how I'm sorry how Colin would explain how it's like a really weird experience for a first time viewer. I think of it as a fresh experience because you see so many movies where it's just like here's your guy he's gonna go meet this person they're gonna go over here they're gonna go there's so many movies that just like run you through the course of this guy's day where I love movies that can just be like you know here's this point in this world here's another thing that happened in this world here's another thing that happened in this world and like even though you still feel like because i think radio days you still feel like you're getting a linear story you're just not getting it by day by day the drama in the story isn't happening day by day you know most movies you can be like well this take place this took place over this week of you know time or whatever where like like, even this movie, it's really hard to play. Well, no, actually, it's like two days, really, because he meets Elizabeth Shue. She says she's getting married tomorrow, and at the end, they pick her up. Uh, mm-hmm. They pick him out of jail in the wedding dress. So I guess this is a span of two days. But, uh, like, the, I, anthology movies, even though it's not really an anthology movie, I like how you can, like, just really bounce around. It'd be crazy. I love the story in this about uh, the dark secret of, uh, of uh, I forget what his name, Max. Uh, my Max? Has a doc secret? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just a doc secret. I love it. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's just so funny. He ate his, his first wife and like, what are you getting so worked up about? Some people bury, some burn, I ate, you know? He just has a really, like I said, no matter how, what seriousness Woody Allen's talking about, he finds this funny light in it. He finds a funny thing about it to, to make fun of or... You know, even his own character, he's kind of the straight man in his own movies, even though he's making all the jokes. He's kind of the guy looking at the absurdity and making little cracks to the audience, even though it's coming through as just like a really like sarcastic personality or whatever, you know. He's really just the straight man being like, ah, this is so stupid. And I like how in this movie, everybody that's just like, you jerk, you jerk. He's really casually walking around the scene. He's like, all right, all right. I mean, he's almost like sick of hearing them complain about it. (laughs) You ruined my life. Oh, come on, get over it. What are you being so dramatic about? (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, I I I just think it's a wonderful movie. This is part of his... uh, I want to say his his Miramax uh, movies. He he kind of started with MGM more in the in the seventies. He's always done like Sony classics. This was Fine Line, New Line Cinema. And then like I mean his '90s stuff, which was like Mighty Aphrodite. Everyone says I love I you. This those Mighty are all uh, at least distributed by Miramax. Yeah. Is there a Christina Barcelona or yeah, Vicky there Christina is. Barcelona? Vicky. But is that his? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. That's also not one of the ones I like. <laughs> you know, but like I mean, I don't know. He he I don't know. He his movies I think are fantastic. They're my favorite movies of all time. They really are just because they do have that sense of fantasy and wonder. You're not just going to sit down and hear, yeah, he's bitching about this or he's complaining about that and people are crying over this and crying, but there's just a sense of levity behind it because uh 
I don't know, just because no matter how, like, all the bad situations they are, they are all doing it to themselves. You can't feel sorry for people that are cheating on people and people that are, right. you know, they're they're doing it to them fucking selves. They can't, you know. Yeah. You can have sympathy for, what, I don't know, the fact that they got caught? I mean, I don't know if you're one of those people that, you know, damn, dude, it sucks you got caught, you know, one of those assholes, but. Well, that's why anybody gets upset about it is because they get caught, mm-hmm. you know, they're embarrassed or they're upset because I fucking ruined their day. (laughs) (laughs) But I like how how complex he writes all his love stories. None of his love stories is I meet this girl, we have a fucking good time together until I accidentally piss her off, we separate, listen to a montage of fucking sad songs until I track one of them down. You know, he really has complex, really complex characters and he'll always, he'll always pick like, he'll have like his character who, who has either a wife or a girlfriend then they'll have, like, a couple they hang out with. And why Woody Allen's having their thing, then their friend is having their thing. You know, it always goes around, and, you know, whether it's one of them or both of them that ends up cheating or leaving and regretting. and and uh, But, I don't know, that's what I like about his movies. I like, I like the fact that it, it is real. There's no... It's just, I mean, I can't say there's no silver lining, because like I said earlier, where the, the realization of your mistakes is the silver lining. You're supposed to, it's not It's not you create a bad situation, you get rewarded. It's you create a bad situation, you deal with the fact you created a bad situation, you live with it. You know, I love how uh, Manhattan ends, actually, which is... I guess we should have watched it, but... <laughs> Hell, Manhattan ends. <laughs> hey, future podcast. Future podcast. You know, he's already told the girl he's not in love with her, he blah, 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 and, and you know, before the roll of the credits, he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I fucked up, and he runs back to her. She's like, I'm leaving for a plane. I ain't gonna be back for, like, two years. And he's like, well, don't leave. And she's like, I have to, and... You know, you really, you get left with, like, a camera kind of just looking at him. Like, I mean, maybe we'll try to work it out, but you kind of know deep inside. It's over. You know, you Mm. can't, you know, there's no, you fucked it up. You fucked it up. You made that choice, you know. And uh, I also, I mean, the humor to me, he is just one of my favorite comedians. I don't know if you want to call it dry, dry humor. A lot of it's really goofy far out there. Some of it doesn't make sense, but I think that's, I mean, that's the humor in it, is he's saying something that's far out there to be like, what? You know? Like the aluminum siding? The aluminum <laughs> siding. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a dig at somebody. So. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I, I, I don't know if experience. it's... The elevator maybe. ride down was a dig. Is For I mean, sure, media. I assume it is, but is also part of the humor of it, the fact that Woody Allen is the leading man, and he's got all these super hot chicks that are after him, and it's Woody Allen. <laughs> but it's because he knows but power, that dude. That man's a looker. Look at any ugly dude with money. They got girls. Because they yeah, well, got money. But, they got power. It's not about okay, so what me and you constitute how to get a girl. It's not what rich people. <laughs> that's not, you know. So it, Yeah, I guess it was his. They don't have our same problems. His writing was. Yeah. His writing. Was his a, imagination. He's a famous writer. Yeah. yeah, he's a famous writer. That's all it took. It's all it takes. You know, which, I mean. That's how you get Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, but she didn't Especially love Especially if you, you know? write yourself into that part. Yeah. And be making yeah, out with exactly. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> good plan, good plan, good plan. Yeah. But So everybody, see this movie, see all of Woody Allen's, like, 49 films. Uh, pick the ones you like, pick the ones you don't, you know. That's the fun thing about it. There's so many to choose from. It's up to you. 
And, uh, yeah, a lot of them do have the same themes, but I think he explores them in unique ways, like, almost every single time. That's crazy how you can do 40 films with almost the same idea, but you explore it in different ways with the same neurotic dude. But, hey, you know, that's his character. That's, you know, he's never going to go away from that just because that's the voice. That That's the voice. What am I worried about? What is affecting me? You know, the only way to have drama is to have bad things happen to your character. If the bad thing is his own imagination, his own thought process, <laughs> there's constant drama no matter what's happening, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. everybody, see it. All right. So Watch it. Love it. Deconstructing Harry. Next week, it's Sean's pick. Sean's not here tonight, but he sent me a message. We're going to be watching The Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh. Oh wow! Toward the end of the eighties, bam! Postmodern. It was like totally early nineties. John McTiernan. Probably like ninety four. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> all right, yeah, because it was post Basic Instinct. Such a shocker! It's not like Sean doesn't talk about that movie all the time. <laughs> so look forward to that, listeners. If you want to write to us with suggestions, comments, or anything, you can get a hold of us right at uh, Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com. You can find all of our past episodes archived on our website, which is saturdaynightfreakshow.blogspot.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbay FM, and TuneIn Radio for the time of your life. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. We'll be posting information about Woody Allen and Deconstructing Harry all this week. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. And with that... That's it. Take care out there, and uh, until next time, roll credits. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, Brandon. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. thanks for <laughs> filling in. <laughs> Brandon filled in. Anytime. He's a guest, not a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Max and Dolly Pincus were married for 30 years. They raised two children, and there was never a family wedding or bar mitzvah where they were not generous participants. Max. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Dolly, Dolly, you got a private minute? Yeah, sure, sure. You're leaving any hour in a few minutes. Oh. Don't even know if I should tell you. What? Tell me what? <laughs> tell me, and I will tell you if you should oh. tell me. My heart is heavy. What, what happened? Nothing terrible happened to your husband, Phil. Oh, he has been dead for so many years. Well, when I was in Florida last yeah. week, I ran into a man mm-hmm. who uh, heard from someone, who, who knew someone. Who, yeah. Anyway, it seems Max has some secret from his past. Uh, Max? You're talking about my Max? Yep. A dark secret. What kind of a dark secret? Dark? What? What, what is by you, dark? I don't know. What kind of a dark secret? <laughs> We've been married for 30 years already. You're his first wife? I'm sure I'm a first wife. But before me, it would Okay, be... oh, okay, okay, okay. Why? Why? You heard something different? I heard only a dark secret. Do I know what dark secret? Who told you? Wolf Fishbein. Oh, be careful, Dolly. That's all I want to say. Dolly tried putting Elsie's words out of her mind, but Max's dark secret plagued her. Then one day, she ran into Wolf Fishbein, and the truth was revealed. Breathe deeply. Try to breathe deeply. Oh, you are right, Elsie. You are right. Fishbein told me a tale. 
Max, before I met him, he lived in Florida. He had a store, groceries. He was married. He was now, married. Now it comes out. To a woman. Two children. Max had other children? No. A woman's children from a prior marriage. Aha. He began an affair with a downstairs neighbor, a widow. He probably had all his hair then. Meanwhile, he got into debt deeper and deeper and, and carry on with, with the neighbor. Oh, my heart, my heart. So he can't get himself out of, of a predicament. So what does he do? You're going to tell me he stole money. I should be so lucky. He killed his wife. No. The man purchased an axe. With an axe? And you know, Max, he's nothing with tools. He, he can't even hang a picture. I'm dropping dead. Plus her children, Elsie. <gasps> Plus a neighbor. Four. Four people he killed one night with an axe. You're Max? And this is not a capper. There's more? Four. Four. What more? He ate them. What are you talking crazy? Elsie, he devoured them. I can't breathe. Everything's closing in. Whatever you do, first hear Max aside. Max has a side. He kills his family and eats them up. The man has a side. He was a good husband and a loving father for 30 years. You have a daughter who went to college. You have a son who's a writer. Maybe the, the best course of action is let sleeping dogs lie. Honey, would you pass the sour cream? You uh, haven't touched the thing. Nice weather. It's okay. It's not just okay. It's nice. All right, all right. What are you getting so steamed up about? What makes you such an authority on the weather? Me? All I said... I know, I know, I know what you said. The fish is delicious. Wouldn't you rather have meat? Since when do I eat meat? Mm -hmm. With my arteries, you gotta watch out for the cholesterol. Uh-huh. What is the uh-huh, uh-huh? I mean, you've been very touchy lately. Don't interrogate me, Mr. Max Pinchick. Where did you hear that name? Did you kill your first wife with an axe? I got a headache. Did you Jeez. chop her up along with your mistress? Okay. If I tell you why I did it, do you promise not to nudge me? Wolf Fishbein said, in order to hide the bodies, you ate them. So what are you making a fuss? Some bury, some burn. I ate. I ate, I ate, I ate, I ate.